Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of Twins Talk. I'm your host, Ben Jones, joined by my co-host, John Ka. John, what's the most embarrassing moment of your life that you're willing to share in a podcast? Gee, it's putting me right on the spot, huh? <laughs> um, ooh, most embarrassing moment. There's a lot. There's a lot of them. I would say the most embarrassing thing I ever did was attempting to start a podcast in like ninth grade and just not knowing what the heck I was doing. Um, and so it was just some just deranged ramblings of uh, like a 14 year old. I mean, that basically is what we're doing now anyway. That's true. Anything on the internet's forever though. So I guess, yeah, that, that one, that one's a little bit more scarring than, uh, than I'd like to admit. Yeah. You you can go find it and look it up. Mine is actually probably baseball related. Oh yeah. Um, I I was a horrible baseball player, like not anywhere close to anything competitive. Mm -hmm. And the one time I got a hit, I got tagged out trying to get the second because I was so excited. (laughs) And literally the only hit I ever got playing baseball, playing little league growing up. And other than that, my my general direction for my coach was don't swing and hope they hit you. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I I guess speaking of sports, embarrassing moments, one of my friends reminded me this past weekend that uh, I would uh, I played soccer as a kid growing up uh, all through high school, but I wasn't very good at it. And um, I would often wind up to, you know, blast the ball downfield because I was a defender and you got to clear the ball. And um, let's just say uh, it was like a Charlie Brown moments every <laughs> single time. I would just miss the ball every single time and either just fall flat on my face or something stupid like that. Oh, classic. Yeah. Uh, well, the reason I ask is because we've just had two of the most embarrassing moments in recent Twins history, I would say. <laughs> Not to exaggerate, but between the trade deadline debacle and getting swept by the historically bad Kansas City Royals. Mm-hmm. The, tw- the Twins are in a little bit of a rough spot right now. I know we're recording this. They just finished up game one against the Cardinals. They won uh, despite what I was almost for sure was going to be a game-winning home run by Dolan Arenado in the eighth inning. But regardless, they won the game. Losing streak over, that's good. But again, this came on the heels of the Twins having – a non-deadline. They didn't make any moves. And frankly, it's a little bit embarrassing, if I'm going to be honest. Um, So we're going to do an episode that's a little bit different. We delayed because we were like, oh, the Twins are probably going to make some moves. You know, we'll get on it then and we'll talk about all the moves they make, how they're going to impact the team and everything. Well, here we are. And they didn't do a single thing. So we'll go over what they did do, what they didn't do, maybe why they didn't do it give you our thoughts and we'll go from there. So rather than the usual game recaps and everything, a little bit of a different show, we'll be back to your regularly scheduled program next week. So let's, uh, let's kick things off with the one move the twins did make. Uh, it wasn't a deadline move, but they did add Dylan Floro swapping Jorge Lopez for Floro, basically an exchange of struggling relievers. The twins felt like Floro could be a little more reliable. Um, and they're probably right with that. Lopez had run out of room here a little bit. Um, so, 
I, I think you have to give the front office a little bit of credit for cutting their losses on Lopez, realizing it wasn't going to work, and getting someone who could help this year, even if you're losing the extra year of control like you do with Lopez. John, do you have any other thoughts on Dylan Floro? Uh, my, my main experience with Floro is mainly through fantasy baseball and just about how frustrating that you can't rely on him if you're in a saves-only league uh, yeah. because he would – it seems like he would sometimes get the the closer position in Miami, and then he'd lose it. Um, he's he's. I think in, in some interviews, he, he's kind of very comfortable being in the the middle of the bullpen rotation. He's not a guy who needs to be the closer, which I guess maybe that's what the Twins were kind of right. needing in in this situation. Ultimately, he's like a fine. He's a fine reliever. Um, there isn't anything terribly remarkable about floro yeah and maybe that's maybe that's a maybe that's a good thing yeah he's uh he's reliable right he's never going to be great but it, it's pretty similar to michael fulmer last year like we talked about right where the stuff is okay it's not great the results are okay they're not great but he's definitely more reliable than jorge lopez has been and i think that's what you're looking for right is just someone who you can give the ball to in the sixth inning when the starter only goes five and can throw a scoreless inning and you're not super worried about it right um yeah there, there was some interesting news kind of around that whole situation where you know Lopez was feeling you know going back to even last season when he was traded to the twins um you know he, he had a great first game and then just kind of imploded and apparently that yeah. just that just spiraled, and obviously during the offseason was working on mental health stuff. This season, obviously, you know, was on the IL for mental health as well. But he could just never replicate that success that he had in Baltimore last year. But it also seemed like he was trying to push him for the Twins to give him more high leverage spots. And frankly, they just never were going to give them to him because he was just so unreliable in those situations. Yeah, he, he wasn't pitching well enough at all to deserve it, right? And so that, that's been kind of my complaint sometimes. And I know it's not unique to this year's Twins team, but something like that from Lopez is like, okay, well, you want to pitch in the ninth inning, show you can pitch in the ninth inning. And he did in April, and he never really did at any other point with he the had, Twins. He had a great April. I think his, his first – He didn't give up a run. His first, what, 15 innings or something like that were incredible and then yeah. just, just spiraled from that. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of similar to my complaint about Max Kepler earlier in the year when he wasn't hitting, which was he's like, I'm not going to play center. I'm only playing right field. That's where I feel like I'm best. That's where I feel I'm best excused. Like, great, Max, but you got to play well enough to be able to have the right to say that type of stuff, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so – now he has been, which is great, but, um, you know, it, it's kind of a very similar situation there. So again, it's, uh, it was a bad trade when the twins made it. I think, um, I, I was pretty optimistic that maybe Lopez had found something, uh, in that first half with Baltimore, but I think mostly like a lot of other teams, like a lot of other people have been is you see just the raw numbers with the stuff, the movement that he tends to get on his breaking pitch. You're like, Oh yeah, this is a great late inning uh, reliever with that type of velocity and everything. And then other than that first half of Baltimore, he's never really been an effective major league pitcher. Yeah. But I mean, that's kind of the twins MO, right? Like the, for the longest time, they've always been like, well, we can always work with great stuff, right? That was that was kind of the yeah. impetus behind uh, behind training for Emilio Pagan was, yeah, he doesn't have like the greatest stats, but he has really good stuff, you know. And that and all the all the old starting pitchers we could name off, you know, Matt Shoemaker, Jay Happ, you know, all these random dudes that have great stuff. Dylan Bundy at at one point had the best slider in baseball, um, but 
they're bad. They're just, they have bad results and the twins think they can turn that around. And it just hasn't, it hasn't worked out as much as it is. It's completely yeah. filled. I think the difference in this case was with Lopez, they gave up real assets for Lopez, right? This wasn't a money thing. This mm-hmm. wasn't, Oh, we're taking a, you know, low level prospect flyer. They gave up, uh, you know, a legitimate starting caliber pitcher and Cade Povich, right? Mm-hmm. That, that was the main centerpiece of that deal. Right. And like a lot of the deals last year, we've already talked about Tyler Malley at length. Uh, I don't want to really revisit that one anymore, but it's the same thing where, okay, if this was a low-level flyer, you gave him a one-year, $5 million contract, you Mm -hmm. traded some random guy for him, that's one thing. But this was their big move last year, and they had to give up more because he was controllable that year, this year, and next, right? right? And I think the fact that maybe Baltimore was willing to let him go said a little bit more about how Baltimore felt about him as well. Yeah, and the reality, too, is that like you know, a lot of a lot was made about setting over getting your Cano as well, who sucked in his appearance with the wind. He he was a I, I I'll hammer this one till the day I die. He was he was a throw in on that completely, deal. and like, and he's not good right now either. Yeah. He had a really good like two months, and now he's he's back to being just a normal dude. So really, Cade Povich is the guy here, and it looks yeah. like he he is turning into potentially a major league pitcher. But you know there, that that's still two three years down the road probably. Yeah, and so. That gets a little bit frustrating. And then we've talked on this show before about how giving up real assets for relievers is so hard because they're so fickle, right? Mm-hmm. They can, because they're used so sparingly, it's not like starting pitchers where, oh, you have two or three bad appearances and then uh, you can turn around with one good start. No, two or three bad appearances out of the bullpen and that kind of hurts you for a good stretch. And so, um, I want to I want to transition here into talking about the trade deadline now because one of the big things they didn't do was make a trade. They didn't pick up any other relievers besides Floro when there still was a very glaring need at the back end of the bullpen. Somebody who could pitch in the eighth or the ninth with Jackson with Duran. Yep. And so I, I don't want to be talking out of both sides of my mouth and saying, "Oh, don't give up real assets for a reliever." And uh, also, though, the Twins really need help. Both of those things are true, and both of the things can be true because you can get relievers without giving up real assets, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody was expecting them to go out and trade for Josh Hader or uh, David Bednar or anybody like that, despite what Twins Twitter wants you to believe. Mm-hmm. But there were guys like Jordan Hicks, like Chris Stratton, like uh, any of the White Sox guys that got traded. Where right. are any of those guys going to your ideal situation to close a game? Probably not, but you're feeling much better about them in the seventh or the eighth than you are with pretty much anybody else on the twins other than Jackson Duran right now. Yeah, I will say, I mean, there were some really big names that got traded in terms of the reliever market, right? Jordan Hicks was one of those that you mentioned. Um, he got traded for two uh, prospects from Toronto who are actually like really solid dudes. One of them's a top 10 guy in the, uh, was a top 10 guy in the Toronto organization, will be a top 10 guy in the, the Cardinals rotation or in the Cardinals organization. Another guy was um, a third round draft pick five years ago who's been doing well in double A. So like there's been some legitimate trade pieces like um, Paul Sewald was a guy who he, he was he was the closer in Seattle. They traded him to the Diamondbacks and they, they traded a couple. They actually traded two major leaders and a prospect for for guys like that. But, you know, we're not trying to shoot for a closer here, right? We already have right. Yohan Duran. Like we, we just needed like essentially a guy that we could tr- trust in the third spot in, in high leverage situations, basically taking over the spot that we were expecting Jorge Lopez to have at the beginning of this season. Yeah. And frankly, somebody who can just take a little bit of the pressure off of 
uh, Jackson Duran, right? Right. They're, they've shown some real signs of slipping up the last uh, couple weeks. And I think in Duran's case, especially, it's because of overuse, right? He was used in all three games in Oakland and mm-hmm. pretty much ever since then. You know, it just hasn't quite get, been there. He gave up another home run tonight. Yep. You know, it's still got the save. But, mm-hmm. and to me, like, that that's just classic sign of overuse, right? Somebody who is, he has a really long track record of being effective. He has mm-hmm. great stuff, some of the best stuff in the league, but he still needs time off. And when you really only have two guys you can rely on, that's the problem, right? And so right. here's the thing is the twins are going to say this improvement is going to come internally. They believe, you know, in Thielbar, in uh, Brock Stewart, but Thielbar has been off the IL for a few days. I don't think he's appeared in a game yet. And he's pitched in what, like, eight games this year or something like that because he keeps on having that oblique injury. We don't know what he's going to look like when he gets mm-hmm. back, frankly. Yeah. And Brock Stewart just had an injury setback um, yeah. where now he might not be back until end of August, beginning of beginning of September. So, um, well, and when it's, when it's that forearm too, you're always worried about the elbow, right? right? They've, he's, they've he's, said it's not the UCL, but I mean, who knows, right? Right. Unknown, unknown setback means, oh, we got something wrong, essentially. They sent him in for an MRI. They're seeing that. And so, yeah, if Brock Stewart was going to be back in a week, yeah, you're right. Any pitcher you would have traded here for probably isn't as good as what Brock Stewart had been mm-hmm. for the first half. Yep. But if Brock Stewart isn't back, then that's the issue. And then the pr- other problem with this is you know, we found about we found out about uh, Brock Stewart's setback and then Alex Kirloff's setback, which we'll talk about when we get to the hitter part here. Mm-hmm. But we found out about both of those, like – 20 minutes after the trade deadline, yeah. the uh, Falvey was speaking to the press and was talking about, you know, oh, we didn't feel like there was anybody who was better than who we had on the team who was worth kicking off the roster, yeah. which is BS in the first place. But anyway, they're talking about that. And, you know, presumably if they're talking about it then with the media, they knew the setbacks to Stewart and Kirilov before the deadline, right? Mm-hmm. They knew, okay, right now, our third best reliever is probably Emilio Pagan. That's not a position you want to be in. No. Right now, our everyday first baseman is Joey Gallo, who probably shouldn't be on a major league team at this point. And you're putting yourself in that situation, and it's not like you had to go out and give up real assets for somebody who could be reliable. Mm-hmm. You had two holes with a relief, reliable relief pitcher and a right-handed bat that you could have filled – so cheaply right some complex level shortstop who's probably never going to play a game of the major leagues could have gotten it done yeah i mean we just want to do a quick rundown of guys of relievers that were traded that were traded for for, you know guys that eh, you know might not make the majors marginal mark yeah and the other reality too is that a lot of these guys are within the division that being said though we did trade for michael fulmer from the detroit tigers last year so yeah inter intra division trades are not that rare so let's just start scott barlow was the closer in Kansas City. He's been a little iffy this year, but that doesn't mean that he couldn't be a setup man behind Yoan Duran. Like you mentioned, two guys from uh, the Chicago White Sox in Kendall Graveman and Reynaldo Lopez were both traded. Um, Graveman hilariously was traded back to the to the Astros. Yeah. Um, where And the return from the Astros actually wasn't even like that great. I'm trying to remember what it was exactly, but... Um, it, it just wasn't like remarkable. Lopez was a little bit weirder because he was traded with Giolito. So, yeah. um, the, Combo deal there, the composition, the, yeah, the, like the angels traded their number two and number three, um, uh, prospects for, for that package. And obviously the twins weren't going to do something like that. Right. Um, other guys, Brad hand, who a lot of rumors about him coming back to Minnesota during the off season. He is a Minnesotan. I believe he's from Burnsville. Um, but he, the, the, uh, the Atlanta traded a 17th round draft pick for this dude. Um, 
uh, Andrew Chafin, who has been having an on and off year with uh, the Diamondbacks, but he's a lefty, I believe. Um, and so he had some value in that in that bullpen and being able to face other types of other types of batters. They it might they, they traded they traded him to the Brewers who traded uh, Peter Strzelski, who I have no idea who that is. But basically, just imagine you traded someone like Simeon Wids Richardson for uh, for a rental reliever. I don't think anyone's really going to miss Woods Richardson. Like, yes, he's a young right. prospect. There's a lot of promise to him, but you probably weren't going to miss him in this in this organization. Um, I don't know some other names that pop up to me. Phil Bickford, who's been having a terrible year with the Dodgers, but he's also basically got traded for cash. Uh, so literally nothing. He um, he was DFA'd too. So yeah, he was DFA'd too. Yeah. So like you know, th- there's a bunch of like cheap options, and you're legitimately telling me that none of them would be better than let's just say. Jordan Belazovich, right? Uh, I think Belazovich has been pretty good, but what about Josh Winder, Oliver sure. Ortega, yeah. uh, Cole Sands, the random guys that keep cycling through those last two bullpen spots. Right, yeah, know? guys who are at the back of your bullpen rotation who, I mean, and, you know, the Twins love their long relief guy, but, you know, let's just, Giovanni Moran's been decent, but he's, he's had a little bit of a home He's been issue. awful the last couple of weeks. Yeah, like he he had he's been up and down basically, right? And so yeah. could you get could you get another solid lefty reliever into the lineup? Um, you know why not trade for someone like Andrew Chafin who was getting holds and getting saves for for the Diamondbacks yeah. this year? Well, um, even if you want to look at that next level, right? David Robertson got traded to. Yeah. The Marlins. The Marlins gave up a 18-year-old infielder who's their 18th prospect and a 19-year-old catcher who's their 21st prospect, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Two guys, long shots for them to ever make it to the league. Yeah. And so that's exactly what we're talking about, where David Robertson's been a really good closer, but because he's 40 and because he's only a rental, you don't have to give up that much to get him, right? We're not saying go get Josh Hader. Josh Hader would have cost a lot. Yeah. David Bednar would have cost a lot, but you don't have to get those types of guys. There are right. other good options, and the Twins just decided they weren't interested or weren't yeah. interested in paying the price. I mean, it's it's honestly really surprising that they didn't go for a guy like Brooks Raley with, with considering right. the whole Mets fire sale. Now, obviously, or, Brooks Raley... Or Ottavino. Or Ottavino, but neither of the guys yeah. ended up getting traded, but still, like, it wasn't like the Mets were like, no, we don't really want to part with these dudes. Like Ottavino, I think is like what thirty five or something like that. Like he's, he's like he's like thirty eight too. He's up there with Robertson. Yeah, he's, he's not young. Rayleigh's like, like thirty five. Like these guys aren't going to be on the Mets next it, year. Exactly. The Mets. The Mets have explicitly said we're not competing next year. Yeah. Why not? You know, go get some relievers from that team. And so that's the problem, right? You don't trade for anybody. Brock Stewart has a setback. We don't know what Thielbar looks like. Frankly, I think if we did knew it. If the Twins had confidence in Thielbar, he probably would have pitched tonight in that sixth inning uh, or seventh inning instead of Pagan. You mm-hmm. know, like that's that's a pretty easy trade to make there, and they just decided they they didn't want to see him out there. And so it's the, the bullpen was already in a tough spot, and now you're just putting even more pressure on Jackson Duran. And so you need somebody like Belazovich to take a step forward and be a part of that bullpen, right? He's in his last option year anyway, so he kind of mm-hmm. has to show right now if he's going to be a part of the Twins organization going forward. Right. And I I mean, Josh Winder is also one of those guys where, I mean, he started the season as a guy that we were not going to trade for Michael A. Taylor, you know, like, you know, we're, we're not, we're going to put him in a trade. And so obviously he's dealt with some injuries and now he's become a long relief guy. You know, maybe next season he starts as a, a, a guy in the, in the rotation if that's what the twins see for him at the same time. Like what value is he offering to this team right now? If he's just a long relief guy who right. he, he, you know, his last what two outings? He's pitched thirty six inning, uh, thirty six pitches last Wednesday. Then he took two days off. Saturday came in, passed, pitched forty one innings. Now he's taking two days off. Like 
this is a guy who is no offense to Josh Winder, but it's a, you know, he's kind of an emergency guy where it's like, Oh, we suck. Let's throw in the long relief, dude. Yeah. You could replace him with a, a, just another setup man, you know, like you're not missing anything by taking Josh Winder off your roster and having him start at AAA. Well, and when he, or even if you use him as the trade piece, right? When he was a starter last year, he was decent. You know, he wasn't great. Yeah. And that's, I think, why the Twins wanted to more transition him to the bullpen, kind of see if they could put him through the Griffin Jacks regiment and get a mm-hmm. little more out of him. But, um, and that was, I know that was health related as well, where he was having a lot of shoulder problems. And early this year, he did an interview where he was talking about, you know, this is the first time he really didn't feel pain in his shoulder since he started playing professional baseball, sure. which, Great, right? Awesome. Yeah. But mm-hmm. if somebody else still wants to work with him, see if they can get him back up to starter shape, that's a player that has a lot of value. You mentioned Simeon Woods Richardson, right? Uh, maybe he's in the plans for next year when the Twins are going to need starters. He's not in the plans this year, and the Twins have other guys. Yeah. Let me ask you a question, John. Have you looked at uh, any of the St. Saint Paul Saints pitching stats recently? Uh, stats? No. Uh, I've looked at the roster, and I've just it, it just looks awful. So. The uh, the stats are pretty bad. There there's nobody really <laughs> on the Saints who is pitching well, other than uh, Patrick Murphy, I believe is his name, okay. who is one of the veteran minor league free agents. He has some experience with the Nationals. Yeah, maybe a guy you see at the Twins at some point this year. Um, I'm a little surprised we haven't already, given how good he's looked. But um, yeah, no, Simeon Woods, Richardson, Louis Varland. Uh, Brent Hedrick, right? These guys that you've seen up with the Twins, mm-hmm. all of them are pitching very poorly at AAA, which isn't great. And I know there's been a little bit of an offensive explosion uh, at AAA this year. And, you know, all of the hitters all have really great stats on the Saints. And so that's kind of the funny thing. But still, it's it's not like there's a bunch of reinforcements coming and have guys waiting, right? It's these these are the guys. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I said his name a couple couple episodes ago, well, a couple months ago, probably Cody Funkerbunk, who's a lefty reliever, um, really good strikeout numbers, bad walk numbers, but he's a lefty. Um, but yeah, guys like, I mean, well, I mean, in in other fun news, uh, what's his face? Uh, Dallas Keuchel officially opt out. So he's no longer an option to bring up to the team. Uh, he, he still is for, uh, another like 46 hours. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. After he opts out, the twins have 48 hours to decide if they're going to add him to the roster or they can sign with somebody else. That's hilarious. Well, that's not happening. Um, so. I don't know. I th- I think there's a small chance it maybe does. Uh, if for no other reason than with how Joe Ryan and a few of the other starters have looked recently, sure. maybe you just sign him to pitch for a game and then release him after that and push everybody back a day. Maybe. They have here. Here's the thing: is they have two easy forty man spots they can create if they need to uh-huh. with Jose De Leon and Matt Canarino can yeah. both be placed on the sixty day IL. So if they really want to bring up Keiko, they can. Right. Yeah, so I'm, or I'm you just, can just use one of the other starters. That yeah, have I'm just looking at other names that you could potentially call up for AAA, like Ronnie Enriquez. Um, is maybe a, maybe a dude, <laughs> but he yeah he hasn't been playing like super well. Yeah. Um, the closer is Oliver Ortega. We all know how that that's gone. Um, yeah, it it's just it's it's not great. Um, yeah, it's not great. The numbers the the players that we have down there as as bullpen reinforcements. Let's just say. Yeah, uh, I I know. The organization feels pretty highly about Henriquez. They feel like he can be a real, yeah, uh, actual major league reliever. He has good stuff. It's just you know when you're getting blown up at AAA, it doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. Then again, um, you know there there have been guys that were down there not pitching that well. They come up and they do great. And just Jose De Leon is one of those, right? He wasn't yeah. pitching great for the Saints, and then he pitched great for the Twins when he was up. And I mean, unfortunately, the Blazers had some pretty terrible numbers in, in AAA for a little bit. Then he turned it around, got got yeah. a few good a uh, few good outings, and now he, yeah, he's up on the main, on the uh, main team. 
All right. So there's the issue with the bullpen, right? We've, we've talked about that at length at this point. But now let's move to the offense where they had an equally glaring and equally easy to fix problem, which was they're hitting against left-handed pitchers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, obviously, if you could have added someone like Goldschmidt or Pete Alonso, somebody who's going to play every day in the middle of your lineup, that would have been great. But again, that was far off. We knew more likely than not that wasn't happening unless you know the Mets were like, hey, we're just selling everybody off. We'll take him for Austin Martin, right? Then the Twins would make that in a heartbeat. Yeah. But uh, what everybody was kind of realistically expecting at the end of the day was a right-handed hitting corner outfielder like we've been saying the twins need since the end of last year and they just didn't add anybody uh some names that uh were floated around that the twins are in the mix for teoscar hernandez uh tommy fam mark Cana, both from the mets uh ty france was a name that kind of came in late which frankly i'm glad they didn't get he's geo urshela but he can't play defense either <laughs> um and so guys like that where maybe they're not going to change your lineup, but it's somebody you can throw in there and hit towards the top of the lineup against lefties and give them any kind of life. Right. So, yeah. So Tommy Pham got traded to Diamondbacks for a 17-year-old. You know, yeah. basically some guy who, like, maybe has a shot to to get to the majors. Um, but let's just say it was essentially nothing, right? Um, you're, yep. you're, 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 you're trading for hope, basically. Um, Canna got traded for trying to look for that um uh he got traded for justin jarvis who was a right-handed pitcher was the like a 25 year old at double a yeah Rewers number 30 prospect so basically also nothing um yeah think like like thunderbunk basically exactly i mean let's just let's just look the the twins 30th is zebby matthews who is in high a who has some promise like let's, let's I was gonna not, say who i actually like and let's, maybe let's be kind not, of upset let's if not they not, yeah let's not knock zabby but the reality is like <laughs> let, let's just go up four, five more to kalai rosario who like was a high draft pick a couple years ago who and, can hit but drops routine fly balls and can't feel to save his life exactly so yeah. it, that's essentially like the guy that was traded for Marcana. and we're not not saying that canna saves the the team at all but he at least provides um a little bit better um better better offense um but i don't know it's it's one of those things where actually i was surprised at how few of the the guys that we were talking about ended up getting traded like jamer kahendelator got traded but he wasn't going to be in the cards for the twins teoscar hernandez ended up staying with the mariners the cubs decided we're going to compete and decided to not trade anyone Boston decided we're not doing anything this they uh, literally during this trade deadline so they they sat on um Justin Turner, Justin Turner. Um I mean there there were some dudes who got traded in terms of hitters but none of the like the big names that we were kind of yeah. expecting. I think Candelario is one that actually would make sense given that the Twins had the information about Kirilov that he's going to you know probably miss a stretch. Sure. Yeah, they could have moved him to first. Put him yeah. at first. He's played a lot of first throughout his career. Uh he's been better against right-handers than left-handers, but again, it's is this player better than Joey Gallo and how much does it cost? Right. Mm-hmm. Joey Gallo right now is your everyday first baseman. That how it is. That's how it's going to be. It's going to be him and Donovan Solano platooning there. Yeah. And they pinch hit for him today after two at bats because they didn't feel like he could do anything with runners on second and third and one out. And so the, the excuse that Falvey gave in his press conference after the deadline was we didn't feel like there was anybody we could get that was better than who we had on the roster. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, 
that that's just an insulting thing to tell to your fans who watch Joey Gallo strike out in half his at bats. You know, like yeah. I, I think the Joey Gallo experiment was worth a gamble. Is worth throwing eleven million dollars at him, see if it's going to work. Yeah, but it's not, and it's clearly not going to. And so you have to move on. And now because of Kirilov, you can't move on, right? There, if unless you want to have uh, Donovan Solano out there every single day, I don't know what you do. And frankly, it's going to be interesting when Royce Lewis comes back, and then you have. Lewis, Polanco, and Julian to play two positions. I guess one of them maybe tries to learn first because I mean, they're still back in Gallo, but let's be, I, I don't know what you do there. Let, let's be honest. We, Julian, I, if I was the Twins, I would try to move Julian to first. They're, they've been adamant all year that he's playing second i know so, but it's this we we already know that he doesn't have the best arm like does he does he need work on fielding at second for sure but does he have to do that in major league games right like can he learn that yeah. in the offseason can they get get better at that at spring training like right now there's a pretty obvious hole there at first base that even like just platoon him with solano i don't think is the worst thing possible to have him at second base when when solano's playing first then you move polanco over to second and now this does mean that you either have Kyle Farmer or Willie Castro at third for a bit with the knowledge that Royce Lewis is coming back in, let's just say, two weeks, right? Yeah. yeah. He's, I, he's supposed to start a rehab assignment next week. I like Honestly, like it, it feels like this is just a very convenient excuse for the Twins to kind of jumpstart that youth movement. And yeah, Julian might not be the first baseman of the future. That, that feels still more like Kirilov's position. But just getting him reps at first base so he could just play another position and not be a, like a defensive hole to me it would just be just be a smarter decision right and i mean if you want to look at some positives right that because there have been some positives that we've seen the last few weeks the offense has started hitting better yes and so maybe they feel like oh this isn't good but they've started hitting better because they have julian in the lineup every day who's really broken out in uh june and july you have uh matt walner who's been very very reliable thank goodness for more more reliable than i think any of us could have Oh yeah, completely. Even, I don't think anyone was expecting him to be like this solid. And right. obviously today he also showed how sick that arm is as well. Yeah, exactly. And he's he's shown that he deserves to play every day in a major league lineup, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. so that that's why you saw when you finally had everybody healthy for whatever three games it was between Buxton going around the paternity list and Kirilov getting hurt and everything. But you finally had everybody healthy and you had either Gallo in center field or Gallo not in the lineup. They were mm-hmm. putting Walner in there. They were putting batting Walner fourth or fifth every game and dropping Gallo down to the bottom of the lineup. And so they're, they're finally kind of putting their best guys in the field, which is something I've been complaining about for a while. Yeah. The problem is, is now your best guys have to include Gallo because you need somebody to play first. And mm-hmm. so whether that's Julian, whether you, I don't know, you tell Larnick down in St. Paul, start taking some ground balls at first, you know, and start figuring something out, but you got to find a way to get Gallo out of the lineup. He's just unplayable at this point. Yeah. I mean, there's kind of the joke from Moneyball where Ron Washington is saying, you know, how difficult is it to learn first base? And Ron Washington goes, Oh, very, very difficult. It's like, well, Hey, you know, if you can catch the ball at first, that's kind of the, yeah. <laughs> if you, if you got to learn one on the fly, it's definitely first you know, base first is base probably the easiest field. one to learn. Yeah, exactly. There's, yeah. there's less things you have to worry about in terms of football. Rise did it last year and he's not exactly a gold glove fielder out there. Exactly. So. And the Marlins have to play him at second right now because, um, well, Josh Bell's not their first baseman. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. It, and it's just, it's just baffling that, uh, Teoscar Hernandez didn't get moved for anybody. Yeah. Like <laughs> they, they, they just decided not to trade him. And I just, that probably means nobody made a serious offer, right? Because they knew they weren't going to get much back. Ty France is maybe a different story. He has two years of team control after this. Mm-hmm. But Teoscar Hernandez didn't get traded, and the Twins couldn't have offered up 
Kalai Rosario or Zebby Matthews or Jose Salas. He's a guy who has like, okay, this is the perfect guy to trade. Yeah. Uh, maybe some other team likes him because he has to be added to the 40 man roster after this year to protect, be protected from the rule five draft. Mm-hmm. I don't think the twins are going to add him to the roster. They have a pretty booked out roster at this point and some big holes. They're still going to need to fill in free agency. Mm-hmm. And so there's no way he's getting added. And so maybe he doesn't get taken in the rule five draft anyway, and it doesn't matter, but that's the perfect guy to trade to someone like the Mariners who, you know, maybe just need a little bit of a reset on their core and what's going on there. Yeah. I, I thought it was really hilarious that um, Jerry DePoto, who's the, I believe he's the GM for the the Mariners. Yeah. Basically there was a ton of interest on to Oscar, uh, but they decided that even with him being coming a free agent, they wanted to keep him, uh, for the rest of the season, despite the fact that they've basically waved the white flag, traded their closer, um, and was like, no, but we'll take, we'll keep this guy who's expiring. Um, that seems like a smart idea. Right. And it's <laughs> like that, that, that team that's been, you know, one of the most disappointing in the league this year with their expectations. Yeah. It's, they, they've been like one of the only teams that's striking out on the same level as the twins. And yeah. it's a bunch of them out of nowhere, right? Where like Oscar Hernandez leads the league in strikeouts. And so I would have complained about that if they traded for him, I'm mm-hmm. sure. But he hasn't been that type of player before this. It's kind of like with the twins where all of a sudden all these guys are having like career altering strikeout rates. And so something in the coaching going on that's over there that hasn't been good. Well, I mean, Gallo's had his, is his high strike, highest strikeout rate since, since his second season in the Yeah. So it's, so I mean, I mean, we could also argue like, should the twins have gotten rid of Popkins, whatever, yada, yada, yada. I don't know if that's really the move here. I don't think it changes anything mid season. It, it really doesn't. Like they're not going to the Yankees. They're not going to do something huge strategy wise. And yeah, like you mentioned the Yankees, like they, they still suck. Um, yeah. I mean, suck it's, meaning they still have a better record than us, but yeah, they still suck. <laughs> they, they suck offensively where I, I think we are in a better spot than the Yankees where they have Aaron judge and literally nothing else. Yeah. I mean, like, it, it's a quad a team if judge isn't playing. Do you know Josh Donaldson's BABIP? It's gotta be something like the, like one twenty. It's 067. Holy, that's insane. <laughs> anyway, good good deal the Twins won there. But. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like the fact that we didn't even retain those guys after year after their first year in with the Twins, the fact that we just got rid of Donaldson and his contract was just great. One, one of the most impressive things this front office has done. The, the number one is obviously getting Carlos Correa here. Yeah. Far and away the best. Yeah. But the second one is getting somebody to give you assets for Josh Donaldson. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, we did end up trading um, – or Shella for something, I guess. So yeah, some minor league or something. Yeah, or exactly. Another. But anyway, so all of this, what it adds up to at the end of the day is the twins are the exact same team that they were before the deadline. I don't think anybody was expecting an overhaul, but they're expecting reinforcements. Yeah. And so the positive way to look at this is, Hey, the front office, Hey guys, the front office believes in you. And th- there's some logistics to it, right? Correa's gotta start hitting better right he's been better since they moved into the leadoff spot since mm-hmm. the all-star break he's been all right yep. but he's still gotta come around to be the player he was last year and this time last year is about when he started looking like it again mm-hmm. which is good yeah byron buxton has been on an extended cold streak and now he can't stop hitting doubles this showing like, off what? that dad strength yeah that, that's what buck does right he <laughs> he goes through these really cold streaks and then gets really hot and yeah. goes uh supernova for a couple weeks and i think the hope is hey can you get on a you know, month and a half long heater towards the end of the season here, kind of like you did for the first month. Yeah. And then 
you're not expecting these great improvements from everybody else, but Jorge Polanco is in the lineup. Can you be a league average hitter, right? Mm -hmm. Julian, maybe you're not going to be a a thousand OPS hitter like you were in July, but can you be an 800 OPS hitter? Mm -hmm. Uh, Royce Lewis, when you come back, can you be a league average hitter, right? Can, can we find some little things here and there to make it better? Walner, can you keep doing what you're doing? Uh, Michael A. Taylor, can we find a way to not make you an everyday player, whether that's Willie Castro or maybe even maybe Byron Buxton takes a few games out there coming into the playoffs. But it's little things like that that I think can make a difference. And I think the biggest thing for the Twins is going to be, unfortunately, Alex Kirilov and Brock Stewart because those are two Mm -hmm. guys who there's nobody else on the team that can really fill those roles, right? You don't have another first baseman that can hit like what Kirilov finally started to show in July. He won player of the week. Yeah. He was looking really, really good. The ball, he was driving the ball. Then of course, you know, right as that's happening, he gets hurt again, but you saw the flashes of the player he's supposed to be. And mm-hmm. that's been the thing with Kirilov is you've seen it. And when you see it, it's so tantalizing, it's right there, but mm-hmm. then he gets hurt and something happens. So Kirilov, again, someone who plays a unique position, you're not going to be able to backfill that. Uh, how does he look when he comes back? And then Brock Stewart, can he pitch it all again this year? He's pitched more innings this year than he had in the last like three combined, I think. And it wasn't even that many because he's been hurt. And so that that's what I think it's going to come down to is Buxton and Correa and then Kirilov and Stewart. Can Kirilov and Stewart get healthy? Can Buxton and Correa look like they're supposed to look like right and honestly at the end of the day the real question here is what are the twins competing for because if we're being completely honest this is a team that's just competing for the al central crown like they're as much as we like to think that they might be able to compete in the playoffs against the third worst wildcard team who might be a team that has a better record than the twins um they might win one series they might be able to get to the division series if, if they do that i'd be, I'd be I think everyone in in Twinsland would be over the moon because we finished we managed to you know break that terrible curse of, of losing yeah. every playoff series, um, every playoff game, playoff game. Yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah, I forgot that we were that terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, like just getting to the ALDS, this team might be built to do that, but this team is not built to to win the World Series. Like yeah. we're nowhere near that. And the reality is, while we took no steps, basically, every other team in the AL Central took a step backwards. Um, yeah. I mean, you could maybe debate Cleveland and, and what they're doing. Like, they, they've stocked up on youth again. They got Kyle Manzardo, who, you know, if you're a dynasty baseball guy, like, he was a really hot name at the beginning of the season. Cooled down a little bit because he's been having a few off the off the field issues and just hasn't been hitting as well. But he, he's definitely an electric prospect at first base. Um, but Cleveland also lost Shane Bieber to the 60-day IL. And also, they just got no hit by Framber Valdez. So there's that. Yeah. Detroit basically did nothing, but also they just aren't good. The White Sox. They, were, they tried to trade Eduardo Rodriguez. That's true. No. Yeah, and, yeah <laughs> that was kind of funny. They did trade Michael Lorenzen, so that there's yeah. that. The White Sox literally sold everyone. Um, they Everyone. They, the one guy they didn't sell was uh, Luis Robert Jr., which obviously is a good idea, but they also couldn't sell Eloy Jimenez. I wonder why. Maybe because he's just perennially injured. Yeah, they um, did trade Jake Berger, who I thought was interesting. Yeah. He's hit a lot of home runs too. and hasn't done a lot of anything else, but he's young and controllable, so I just figured they would hang on to him. Yeah, they they didn't trade Tim Anderson either, um, which I thought was kind <laughs> which of Which is good. He's been bad. Well, yeah, I guess it makes their team still pretty bad. And then Kansas <laughs> City, obviously, we don't we don't care. Uh, I mean, we did just get swept by them, so maybe they, they are a thing. But um, <laughs> who are we kidding? But I, I do think there there is some logic to what the front office is doing by doing nothing. Right. Like, listen, we don't want to give up assets right now because we know we can win this division without it. And at the end of the day, is 
Teoscar Hernandez going to be the difference between winning a playoff series or not winning a playoff series? Mm -hmm. Most likely not, right? right? He's been okay. He hasn't been great. He hits lefties well. That's the one thing is, you know, if you're matched up with, I can't even think of a, okay, let's say they're playing the Yankees, God forbid, right? Yeah. You've got Carlos Rodon in game two. Well, okay, th there's nothing the Twins are going to do against that, and you have to accept it. So uh -huh. maybe Teoscar Hernandez helps there anyway, but that's one game that's not going to be the end of the world. And so um, I, I kind of get what they're what they're doing, where they feel very strongly they can win the division without uh, adding anything. And yeah. I think they're right. I think they're still far and away the best team. The playoff odds still give them like an above 70% chance to win the division. Mm -hmm. And so again, I think they're right. The Cleveland rotation, they don't have... Bieber, they don't have McKenzie. Now they don't have uh, Savali. Mm -hmm. The rookies have been really good, but the rookies, who knows how many innings they're going to throw this year, mm -hmm. and the offense is nothing. And so you combine all that, I think they're right to say we can win this without them. However, I, I think there's still kind of the mental game of, you know, show the team that you're trying. Right. Show them that, hey, we, we brought in this guy to help you out. You mm -hmm. know, here's, here's a boost. And I think Less than the offense, the one that bothers me more is the bullpen, where rental Completely. relievers are so easy to get, right? Yep. I, I get with the hitters where it's not only like, okay, we have to find a guy, but you have to take someone off the roster. And mm -hmm. if you don't pick up a first baseman, it can't be Joey Gallo. And so that means you have probably have to send Matt Walner down, who's and been really good. I think all Twins fans probably would have revolted with that one. Right, exactly. And so you're just in a tough position kind of with how the roster is constructed in general. Yeah. But because of that, I think it puts you in a position where these are moves you have to make in the off season, right? Where mm -hmm. you can say, okay, Trevor Larnick, you're probably not part of this team going forward. Let's package you with one or two other prospects and see if we can get a right-handed version of you essentially, mm -hmm. right? Uh, find some other team that has too many right-handed corner, corner outfielders and see if there's a swap there. And so, Again, I get where they're coming from, but it is a little frustrating, I think. And it's, um, yeah, it, it's just a tough position to, I think, put your fans in. Right. And, yeah, it's it's one of those things where, you know, Kepler was, Kepler's stock is probably as high as it probably possibly could be. And they weren't able to trade him to, let's just say, make room for Trevor Larnock. Now, of course, now we're kind of happy that they kept him because now this means that you don't have to, you don't have an issue at first base, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, Gallo, you know, batted, batted eighth today. I'm like, you can't find a better first baseman than that. Um, you know, I, I don't want to be in the situation where we're calling up. Is Kyle Garlic even still in this this organization? Yeah, he is. Okay, He's yeah, down with the Saints. Yeah, where it's like, oh, our only right-handed outfielder bat that we could put it in the corner outfields is Kyle Garlic. Like, it, I I completely agree with you. Tasker Hernandez was not going to win us a series, but just having a player that you know can go up, yeah. go up against a lefty would be nice. That all being said, though, currently Toronto is the third team in the wild card race, uh, and they just have a bunch of righties, so. Yeah, uh, I think we talked about this before. The hypothetical of okay, you're playing the Twins in a winner-take-all game. If you're playing uh, some mediocre team, right? Yeah. Do you throw out a decent right-hander or some random left-hander that you have because you know the Twins are going to hit him? Yeah. Um, and speaking of Teoscar Hernandez, he's a free agent at the end of the year. Maybe the Twins just go and sign it, right? Like that's that's an easy move you can make in the offseason to help out. But right now. You're, you're stuck with who you got. And so you right. mentioned Kyle Garlick. There's probably going to be a little bit of roster maneuvering still. Uh, you're, you have to have your 40-man roster set before September 1st for mm -hmm. guys to be eligible for the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And so 
two guys I want to mention. The first one is Kyle Garlick, uh, who I think if there's no other moves made, you probably just move like De Leon to the 60-day uh, mm-hmm. injured list and add Garlic to the roster. He probably doesn't even play with the Twins uh, in September. Maybe he comes up as a September call-up, but you have him on the roster so that he can be on the roster also in October. Yeah. Um, the other guy is Trey Mancini, who was just DFA'd by the Cubs yeah. uh, after a few of their moves. And he has been awful this year. He has like negative 1.5 war. He can't hit anything to save his life. Save right. his life. He's not hitting righty. He's not hitting lefties. But he's right-handed, and he has a good track record up until pretty much when he got traded to to at the Astros last year. Mm-hmm. And so he's a guy where maybe he's worth signing him to a minimum deal and cutting Gallo because, you know, Gallo hasn't been good. Mancini hasn't been good. But at least Mancini is right-handed, and maybe you can find a little something with him. And so that's the other guy I would keep an eye on of – he's most likely not going to change anything. He's been one of the worst regular position players in baseball this year, along with uh, Ahmed Rosario. Uh (laughs) And so if nothing else, maybe you just take a flyer because why not? You need, you need a first baseman desperately while AK is out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, uh, man, I, I, I want Gallo to be good, but he's just been so bad this season in terms of just not swinging and swinging at stuff. Um, it's just been incredibly frustrating to and to witness. Whiffs, I, I'm so tired of seeing him swing and miss on fastballs right down the middle. Like <laughs> yeah. I, it happens. He he loves these low fastballs, but the problem is, is that pitch just doesn't really happen anymore. Pitchers don't throw low fastballs anymore. That's yeah, not what you high do fastballs, fastball. low breaking. That's exactly, that's the and so that's that's just not something people do anymore. And so because of that, I think that more than anything has really limited Gallo's effectiveness in the last few years because more and more of those pitchers have gone away as uh, people have learned that it's not an effective pitch. And so, um, yeah, he's the first baseman for now. The twins don't have any better options, so whatever, it's fine. But I got to hope Kirilov gets back sooner rather than later. Yeah, that or uh, Edward Julian learns how to play faced first. Yeah. So we'll we'll keep an eye on any other you know ancillary moves the Twins make. There's no more waiver trade deadline, so there's not anybody coming from outside the organization unless, like Trey Mancini, they just get cut, um, or like Dallas Keuchel, right? You add him from the AAA roster, or there's somebody else that has a minor league option that you add to the roster. Um, there's very limited options that you have at this point, but I would imagine there's going to be something because I don't think you can hold steady with the bullpen, especially um, Patrick Murphy. Cody Funderbunk, Dallas Keuchel. Got to imagine there's going to be someone uh, just to try out and see what happens. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the meantime, if you like what you heard, if you hated what you heard, uh, subscribe to our podcast anyway. Leave us a five-star review. We'll be back uh, on Sunday with your regularly scheduled programming going over all of the twins, ins and outs. Hopefully a series win here against the Cardinals after taking uh, the first one. And then they have the Ash, or sorry, the Diamondbacks. Uh, this weekend and i will actually be in minnesota for those games nice i will probably be there at least for the mauer uh retire the hall of fame ceremony so yeah i uh, spent my life savings fun fact there are no cheap flights from salt lake city to minneapolis and so (laughs) uh, it's costing me a pretty penny but i haven't been to target field in a long time they weren't really traveling anywhere this year that close to where i live Uh they're going to denver at the end of the year but it wasn't going to work with my schedule and so i'm like you know what let's let's make a trip to minneapolis i haven't been there in a while yeah my first time in almost a decade. It'll be good. Nice. Well, welcome back, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe that's the good luck charm they've been missing. Once I'm there, once I see the <laughs> yeah, game, yeah. Uh, they'll be like, okay, we know what we're here for. We're doing this for Ben. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, They'll, they'll know. <laughs> they'll know. 
they'll they'll just be able to feel it. There's a moderately <laughs> successful podcaster in the audience. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, thank you again for listening. Again, please uh, like, subscribe, leave a review if you like what you heard. Uh, if you want to follow the pod on Twitter or X or whatever they're calling it these days, you can follow us at Twins Talk Pod. Uh, you can follow myself at Ben Jones underscore five and at, uh, John at the John Cut. Uh, John, do you have any fantasy baseball advice for us this week? Uh, honestly, just pay attention to when your pitchers are pitching because there's a good chance that one of them got traded. So. If you're one of those guys like me who you just set your lineup at the beginning of the week and you kind of forget about it, um, maybe take a look at like middle of the week just to make sure that the guys you're starting are actually starting. Probably smart. Definitely. uh, I I could just use like a – I, I use Yahoo Sports. And yeah. I feel like they're not very good about like, hey, this guy's starting. He's yeah. not in your starting lineup. There, I would love more notifications. There's like definitely that. been one week that I left Garrett Cole on my bench. And I was like, <laughs> what the heck? Uh, well, there's your uh, fantasy advice for the week. Uh, you can also check out John over at PitcherList for more of that. And you can read myself and the rest of our great Town staff at TwinkyTown.com if you're interested uh, in following our game-to-game coverage that we have there. Uh, Thank you again for listening, and we'll be back with you next week.